welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Chris Dooley. US President Donald Trump's announcement about the Iran nuclear deal and the fallout from that is likely to dominate international news headlines in the coming days. But we're going to take a close look today at another story that is proving to be a major distraction for the Trump presidency and refuses to go away. The story that no one has wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole is quickly becoming the story we can no longer ignore. In short, it's time to take Stormy Daniels seriously. That's the claim by the porn actor Stormy Daniels that she had an affair with Donald Trump and the revelation that, prior to the 2016 presidential election, she was paid $130,000 to keep quiet about the matter. Every attempt by the White House to kill the story has had the opposite effect, making it a bigger deal each time than it was before. Uh, As uh, Mayor Giuliani stated, and I'll refer you back to his comments, this was information that the president didn't know at the time, but eventually learned. Some believe this story poses a significant threat to the presidency of Donald Trump, and that's the issue I'll be exploring now with our Washington correspondent, Suzanne Lynch. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. Suzanne, this story has obvious kind of tabloid appeal, if you like, a porn star claiming a past affair with US president and hush money paid and so on. But it is potentially much more serious than that. And that's why we're discussing it today. But can you remind us first of the background to this? Who is Stormy Daniels and what does she allege took place between herself and Donald Trump? So Stormy Daniels is an adult film star. Her her real name is Stephanie Clifford. And um, she is 39 years old and has been very successful as an adult film star Uh, both as an actress and as a director. So it's kind of well known in the industry, if you like. Um, And this story uh, first surfaced uh, in January of this year uh, when the Wall Street Journal reported that Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, had paid her $130,000 in hush money. But in fact, um, what happened then was that um, this kind of opened up an issue that had been dragging on really for quite some time before that. Stormy Daniels alleges that she had a an affair which began with Donald Trump in 2006. She met him at Lake Tahoe at a, a celebrity golf tournament that in Lake Tahoe in Nevada, um, and that um, an affair took place, sexual relationship took place that night, and then continued on, on and off. Um, this this alleged affair took place just over a year, year and a half after he married his current wife Melania, and just a few months after his son Baron was born. Um, so things, this really hadn't surfaced until a few weeks before the election. Um, and then she's alleged to have been paid money by Michael Cohen. But what happened was when the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, report surfaced in January, which was denied both by Stormy Daniels, it must be said, and by Trump's team, In Touch magazine, another magazine, actually published an interview it had done with Stormy Daniels back in 2011, a huge 5,000 word interview detailing details of this at liaison with Mr. Trump, and it published that in January. So it had turned out that In Touch magazine had done an interview with Stormy Daniels back in 2011, um, but had decided, and we still don't know why, but had decided not to publish that interview. But uh, the journalist who had worked on that remembered um, she was no longer working with the magazine, but contacted the magazine saying, look, we need to find this interview that was done at the time. And it published it. And this, if you like, gave legs to the story and in a sense contradicted Stormy Daniels' own account at this point because she was still denying the affair took place uh, back in January this year. It seems strange that she denied it at the time, but I think subsequently that she says she was pressured into into signing a yes. statement denying the affair. Yes. So this was the, this is at the centre of it. Initially, she denied it because she had signed a non-disclosure agreement um, with Trump's people about not to talk about the affair. Um, and she said she was later to say in an interview that she felt threatened, that she had been in a 
in a supermarket uh, car park and a man had uh, approached her and her daughter. And a guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. Um, and had essentially threatened her not to speak and um, that she had received this money, she had signed a non-disclosure, and that is why she wasn't going to speak about it. But in a couple of weeks after that, um, she announced that she was going to break this non-disclosure agreement. And one of the reasons she used, her lawyer used, was that Trump actually hadn't signed the non-disclosure agreement. So she was able to get out of it, if you like, and then she began began to speak about it. But but getting back to your question, I mean, Stormy Daniels herself, I mean, a lot of, from the Trump end, they're trying to paint her as somebody who's looking for pay, fame, looking for money. We do have to remember, this is somebody she actually ran for uh, the Louisiana Senate, believe it or not, back in 2009, 2010. Um, she was quite well known in Louisiana. Um, so th the very fact that uh, she was trying to, or she did an interview about her relationship with Trump back in 2011, um, was significant because at this stage, Donald Trump, yes, he may not have been the president of the United States, but he was very well known at this stage because at this point he was um, uh, the, the presenter of The Apprentice. So, you know, her story would have been worth a lot of money back at that time, too. And so, as you mentioned there, the Wall Street Journal published this story in, in January um, and the story being that, that this payment had been made um, by Michael Cohn, Trump's personal lawyer, of $130,000 to Stormy Daniels. And I think that was the first time this story really properly entered the public mm. domain. Uh, what was the initial response from the White House to that story? Well, the first response was a complete denial by the White House. Um, as you say, this Wall Street Journal, and, and of course, we need to remember the Wall Street Journal is seen as as pretty close, Rupert Murdoch has been relatively uh, close to Mr. Trump, but it, wa it was his paper that broke the story. Um, now, he, according to that report, it, there was no public response from Michael Cohn, but he had told the, the Wall Street Journal that, that Trump denied allegations he had an affair with Stormy Daniels. Um, uh, but then in February, he did acknowledge Michael Cohn. We had the first acknowledgement by him to The New York Times that he made this payment to Stormy Daniels. Um, but he insisted at that point that the Trump organization or the Trump presidential campaign was not a party to this transaction, that they were never, that he was never reimbursed for this payment, you know, directly uh, or indirectly. And he said, instead, he said um, that he used his own personal funds to facilitate the payment, still denying that anything had taken place between Donald Trump and this, this accuser. Um, and then he said uh, that he used his personal funds. And then there were reports that he'd actually taken out a personal loan, a kind of a mortgage line uh, to finance this payment. Now, we still haven't heard at this point from Donald Trump himself, and we'll come back to that in a moment. There was a development in early March when uh, Stormy Daniels went to court in Los Angeles to try to have the, the non-disclosure agreement she had signed um, declared invalid. And then the next day, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the, the White House press secretary, said something odd in, in a White House press briefing when she was asked a question about this case. Did the president approved of the payment that was made in October of 2016 by his longtime lawyer and advisor, Michael Cohen. Uh, none of these allegations are true. Uh, this case has already been, been won in arbitration. This was kind of the first the first real slip up, if you like, by the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's been, who's been really kind of sticking to the script on this issue and so many others uh, for the president. But yes, yeah, she was asked about this in the White House press briefing. Again, you know, we'd heard the White House denying, you know, president has had, knows nothing about this woman, etc. Um, but as you say there, she did seem to slip up and suggest that this case did exist and had been won in arbitration. So that was the first time uh, we had some kind of admittance, you know, really from the, the highest levels of the White House, that in fact 
um, you know, they were aware of this payment. And even at this point, when she suggested this fact that the case had been won in arbitration, she still said at this point, was Trump aware of this payment? She said, not that I'm aware of. And then, Suzanne, on the 5th of April, uh, Donald Trump made his first public comments. Um, he was questioned um, as he was boarding Air Force One. He was questioned by journalists about this story. And what did he say? Some journalists were covering um, a trip with him on Air Force One and they asked him about, did he know that about the payment to Stormy Daniels? Did you know about and he said, you'll have to ask Michael Cohen. This was him denying he knew something. But at the same time, it was almost him publicly acknowledging that there was a payment to Daniels. Mm. Uh, it's the first time we'd heard from him on this. And he, he did suggest. But those words he was to use himself were, were, would, would come back to kind of haunt him a few months later when the story really resurfaced. And he was, I think, on that occasion specifically asked if he knew about the payment. And he did say no. Yes, he did say no, exactly. And then, Suzanne, a couple of weeks later, D- Donald Trump tweeted something in response to the claim that you referred to earlier when St- Stormy Daniels said that she had been approached on one occasion uh, in a car park and, and essentially threatened and, and told to leave Trump alone. And he tweeted about that. Yeah, so first of all, as you say there, she gave a series of television interviews. So this was Stormy Daniels now coming out publicly and talking about this affair that she denied back in January. You know, I was in there for a little bit and came out and he was sitting, you know, on the edge of the bed when I walked out. Perched. And when you saw that, what went through your mind? Uh, I realized exactly what I'd gotten myself into. And I was like, ugh. Here we go. (laughs) She did a series of high profile interviews here in the US. And of course, she was asked by some of her interviewers, you know, well, why are you coming out with this now? Um, You know, how do we expect to to believe you when you denied this a few months ago? And as you say there, her key argument was that she was essentially threatened by someone in this car park uh, that she believed worked for Donald Trump. And so this caused quite a stir at the time. She was quite convincing in her in her interviews. And then, as you say, Donald Trump took to Twitter and he mocked Daniel, essentially, and he called it a total con job. Um, and this, again, was him referring to her. Uh, and this then uh, triggered a defamation action by her, a new, a new court case, if you like, uh, by Stormy Daniels and her lawyer against the, the, the president for defaming her. And then at the end of April, late April, um, we had another slight shift in position from, from the president. He was giving an interview with, with Fox and Friends and he referred to Michael Cohen and what he described as the crazy Stormy Daniels deal. So this again was a kind of a first admission, maybe not in terms of timeline. We're not saying when he knew, but but he seemed to be now acknowledging some knowledge of this uh, of this business. Yeah, and, and this was only quite recently on April 26. He did this phone-in interview to Fox and Friends and he referenced publicly this crazy Stormy Daniels deal. And I suppose this was, um, you know, sign of things to come the following week or two when Rudy Giuliani would come out publicly again at Fox. So at this point, we see a shift very much so in the Trump administration. Um, and we are now we, are, we will find out subsequently that they're believing they're in real trouble over this. And, and this is an early sign that Trump has taken this seriously now, that he's he's going to have to make a comment on it and that he's, um, you know, that he's he's at the very least acknowledging it. Uh, and then as we, we see as, as, as events developed in the following few weeks, that you know, the Trump team, legal team, are trying to get their story straight on this. So, yeah, that was another kind of sense and a sign 
that the, the administration was, was shifting its whole strategy towards the Stormy Daniels scandal. And developments really picked up then last week when Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York, newly appointed the Trump's legal team. He gave an interview on Fox News and he, he really tore up the previous script on this. Giuliani threw a hand grenade into the uh, Cohen investigation, telling Sean Hannity the president paid Cohen back for that $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. So they funneled it through the law firm. Funneled through the law firm and the president repaid it. He uh, said that Trump, in fact, did know about uh, Michael Cohen's payment to Stormy Daniels and that he had reimbursed Michael Cohen over a series of, of months, if you like, in, in increments, and that he had repaid uh, Michael Cohen for um, the for the payment, the $130,000 payment. So this was a real bombshell. It was Trump admitting he knew about the payment, that he admitted he had he had paid for the payment. Um, and this set off a huge, you know, huge controversy because um, Giuliani argued and then the next morning Donald Trump took to Twitter and in quite serious sounding tweets. Yeah, actually I might come to that tweet in a moment, Suzanne, yeah, because just but just to pause on, on the Giuliani interview because I, I think when he gave the interview, as he was giving it, you know, a lot of people probably assumed that he had kind of wandered off the reservation but he seemed to, or didn't seem to, he, he made it explicit clear afterwards that he had spoken to the president before he gave the interview and this was the president's position he was representing. Yeah, and I think he's sticking to that. You're right that he said he was um, had spoken to the president, uh, that the president knew what he was going to say. And what does seem to have emerged is that he did speak to the president, the president did know what he's going to say, but the rest of the White House and the legal team didn't. Um, and what we have seen, with, which began with that interview, was that you know, a two-man show, if you like, between Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, that the, the as I say, senior officials and the most senior uh, legal counsel that have been working with Donald Trump much longer than Giuliani, of course, Giuliani was only appointed a few weeks ago on this case, um, that they weren't aware that he was going to go up and uh, and talk about this uh, publicly. But no, it does seem that that, that, is the, um, that is the case that he had okayed it with Donald Trump. He knew he was going on uh, and that's why he did it. Um, but uh, and it was quite a lengthy interview. He said other things as well. But what he didn't say um, was when Donald Trump knew exactly about the payment. Did he only learn a few weeks ago? Did he learn right, you know, when the payment was made back in 2016 or not? He suggested that no, it was it was much more recent. That when the payment was made, Donald Trump didn't know about it. That it was subsequently that he had learned about the payment. He kind of made the point that, you know, lawyers, Michael Co- people like Michael Cohen do these kind of things all the time for the rich and famous. And, um, you know, you don't bother your clients with every detail of every allegation. Um, and really that Donald Trump didn't know until um, much, you know, much more recently, until this year, essentially, not back in 2016 when the payment was made. And then I interrupted you there, Suzanne. You were about to explain that on, on Friday morning we had this um, unusually worded tweet or series of tweets from Trump and that they were... The language was quite restrained and there were no capital letters or exclamation marks. Yeah, he essentially took to Twitter straight away at this kind of bombshell after the bombshell Giuliani interview and, and basically backed up Giuliani and said, you know, that he had made those, that he had reimbursed Michael Cohen these payments, that he didn't still denied uh, the affair um, with Stormy Daniels, um, but that he had made these payments um, and that, yes, this had happened. And, and I, I didn't mention there, I think one of the key arguments by Giuliani um a, that this wasn't campaign financing, which which we'll get on to in a minute, which is the key issue. But also, you know, that this was because Trump wanted to save his marriage, wanted to protect uh, Melania. Um, and of course, this, you know, this would have happened. Anybody would have done the same kind of thing, whether the affair had happened or not. Um, so Trump took to Twitter to, to confirm this with Giuliani. Now, a few days later, he was asked before he boarded Air Force One on another trip, 
about Giuliani. He did slightly criticise Giuliani, saying he needs to get his facts straight, but he basically said, you know, he's lear- still learning, but he's a good guy. He, he You know, he's with me. Um, what he said about Stormy Daniels is true, and, and more importantly, he is uh, he is an, opposes the Robert Mueller investigation, which which Trump agrees with. And um, so, really, he essentially continued to back Giuliani, even though he walked it back a tiny bit. He still um, he still has decided to, to, to back him and, and back those statements about Stormy Daniels. Mm. It did seem strange, though. I was going to ask you about that, and I, I misspoke a moment ago. I said that tweet of his was Friday morning. Of course, it was Thursday morning, and then it was on Friday. So on Thursday morning, he's he backs up Giuliani's interview, and then on Friday, he's saying, you know, he's he's just started the job. Give him time; he'll get his facts straight. So. What what was that all about? Because that seemed to be a certain amount of backsliding on Trump's own behalf from the position of 24 hours earlier. Yeah, because there were certain details. The, there was certain, the, the interview, the Giuliani interview was so freewheeling that at a certain point, not even technically on this, he, you know, he seemed to vaguely contradict himself. There were mixed messages. He moved from one topic to the other. Um, and I think Trump was trying to say, to, to protect himself, essentially, because this this interview, w- w- you know, well may feed into the Mueller investigation. Um, so I think Trump was trying to, you know, dis- he, this is a man who his loyalty only goes so far. You know, he distanced himself from people when he has to. And I think this was um, a sign that Donald Trump was trying to distance himself just in case. Um, it turned out that what Giuliani was saying, because it was so sensitive and it was about these legal issues now that are at the centre of the Mueller investigation, in case he was landing Trump in it, as it were, and that Trump was moving to distance himself in some way from Giuliani, at the same time uh, backing him up in terms of the, the essence of what he had said about Stormy Daniels' payments. So by now, Suzanne, by my reckoning, we have seven or eight different positions adopted by the White House from the time of the Wall Street Journal publication in January. You had initial outright denial, then Cohen confirming a payment was made, then Trump denying knowledge of the payment, then the Sarah Sanders reference we mentioned at the White House, then Trump's reference to the crazy deal, and then you had the Giuliani um, on the reimbursement and and, and so on. Um, So I suppose the question is, why does all this matter so much? I mean, is the key issue here that Trump may have broken campaign financing rules? Is that kind of what it's all about? So there's two things here. Number one is, yes, that is a key issue. And this is why it's serious, because um, the under under election law here, um, if you are making contribution to a campaign to try and you know help the president, you know you need to declare that. And um, Trump now a personal you know the candidate himself has unlimited funds can keep contributing, but if someone is is seen to help you in your campaign, you have to declare that. And the insinuation here is that this payment was used to kill this Stormy Daniels story, and. Um, because the story was just surfacing, this was just a few weeks before the election, um, and as a result of the campaign financing, and hence it was illegal and should have been declared. What Giuliani and Trump are arguing was that, no, this is a personal payment by the president, something he did to save his marriage um, uh, and nothing else, and would have been done whether he was running for president or not. Uh, now, of course, there are a few, there's a number of issues here. Number one is that Michael Cohen, yes, Trump didn't pay this, Michael Cohen did. Now, the Trump team are saying, well, Trump reimbursed Michael Cohen. But, you know, we don't know when he started reimbursing him. So for a while, at least, Trump was indebted to Michael Cohen. Another individual loaned him money, if you like, to, some would say, try and help the campaign. So that would be illegal under uh, financing laws here. Um, so we're into that issue is, you know, when, when is a loan a loan? Um, or was the fact that it was always a loan means that it actually was always going to be paid back, etc.? But the second point, which is connected, I think is crucial. The reason why the, tr- the Trump administration changed their story at this point and why this has exploded as such an issue is because in the middle of all this in April, on April the 9th, 
Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, was raided by the FBI. And the FBI, what they seized were documents related to this payment. Uh, and the allegations were that the FBI were raiding Michael Cohen because they are now onto this issue, that they were seizing documents relating to this, and they believe that it's a question of um, of, of, of federal law breaking in, in terms of campaigns. And that is giving us an indication that um, that the Mueller investigation, you know, gave them the permission to do this, that this is now forming part of the Mueller investigation. And that's why, really, that Donald Trump and Giuliani's legal team had to admit uh, this payment. I mean, that's the real reason why they changed the tune here, because now the FBI are investigating it. They're caught, if you like, in a sense, uh, would be the allegation on this. Uh, and, and I think that's why we've seen a change. We now know that the FBI and the Mueller investigation are looking specifically at these payments um, as an example of campaign financing uh, fraud, if you like. And this is forming part of the Mueller investigation. And that's why uh, Donald Trump and them are trying to get their ducks in a row about this about this issue and argue, you know, their side of things that no, it was a personal payment. Why would the Mueller investigation be interested in this when we understand the Mueller investigation is essentially about, or at least it started off being about Russian interference in the 2016 election? election? Well, I think there's a few things. The suspicion is that um, that what happens in these investigations is like the Bill Clinton investigation. It starts with something small and then it goes wider and they can, they have the authority to do that. So if this campaign, if, if this the presidential, uh, well, the president, you know, the president now and the then presidential candidate broke campaign violation laws, that's a serious issue that indeed could feed into it. But B, the suspicion is that there could be other payments. Um, for example, we know this is a separate issue, not to confuse things, but there was another um, accuser of Donald Trump, Karen McDougall, um, who accused him of, uh, you know, of an affair around the same time as Stormy Daniels. And it's a separate issue, but the National Enquirer um, paid her off 150000 for example. So we know there is at least one other payment. Not the same, but there is another payment. So the suspicion is there might be other payments here. Um, and uh, Giuliani, again, added to the intrigue about this because uh, on Sunday, this weekend, he gave another interview in which he was asked, or have there been other payments by Michael Cohen uh, on behalf of Donald Trump? And he said there may well be, essentially, is what he said. So, you know, we all we know is about Stormy Daniels, but there is a situation, you know, as you say there, that if this is catching the FBI um, attention and the Mueller investigation attention, you know, there could be other things at play here. So this is why the Trump administration now are worried about what the, the Mueller investigation have on this. And as we, as I say, we don't know what else. Uh, Michael Cohen, he has been working for Donald Trump for years. He has he's been a, his fixer. Um, Giuliani himself in the, in the original Fox News interview implied that this is what fixer do. They pay these people off all the time. He didn't say it directly as that, but he implied that. So, you know, the insinuation may be there could be a lot more payments uh, like this. And I suppose, Suzanne, we need to state for the record here that the Trump denies having had this affair with Stormy Daniels and says in, in those tweets, the reason this money was paid was to stop her making false claims about him. You know, I think that's it in, yeah. in a nutshell. And I think a lot of it, and I think a lot of his supporters believe that, you know, they, they, they question her um, integrity uh, as an accuser. And um, just this weekend, for example, she gave a cameo appearance on Saturday Night Live and Giuliani on Sunday morning was quick to come out and criticise her for that, saying, you know, this proves she's after fame and fortune, essentially. You know, if she's in the middle of a legal case, why is she out doing Saturday Night Live? So I think that is resonating um, with some of Trump supporters that they simply don't believe her. But the fact of the matter is, whether there was an affair or not, he did pay um, this, this this money after denying it for so long. He's now confirmed that he has. So that payment has happened. And now they have to explain it. Now, if it is established that campaign finance rules were broken, what could the consequences be for him? 
Well, as we from the point of view at the moment, it's forming part of the Mueller investigation. We know very little about that, but I mean, presumably, it will f- feed into any kind of indictment, any kind of any kind of a, an impeachment recommendation by the Mueller investigation. Because we now know the Mueller investigation is is investigating payments by Trump, um, and and payments by by Michael Cohen for Trump. So you're right. I mean, ultimately, perhaps the Stormy Daniels payment is not going to be that big of a deal. Yes, it could be campaign financing rules, but it sounds like. Like, you know, that's that can be argued either way at the moment, or at least Trump's team are going to fight that uh, for some time. But the implication here, as I say, is that there, there's a whole wealth. We know there are so many payments by Michael Cohen um, for on behalf of Trump. We know, for example, he was involved uh, during the presidential uh, campaign and back in 2016 on a proposed um, investment by the Trump organization in Moscow. And he's got certain mo- uh, Russian links. So we know the FBI now are trying to get their hands on all these documents um, relating to Michael Cohen's payments with Trump. They are desperately trying to stop the FBI getting hold of all those documents. And they did succeed in getting uh, the court to appoint a special master to kind of sieve through all the documents. Uh, they are they argue that only the documents related to Stormy Daniels need to be looked at. Um, but it remains to be seen whether they get hold of more. But it may well be that this is one part of a broader kind of um, investigation into financial payments by people close to Trump and Trump himself in the run-up uh, to the election campaign when we know there was Russian interference. The FBI previously said, confirmed that there was Russian interference at this time. So I think it's one strand of the broader investigation into payments to, to we don't know, to, to people like Stormy Daniels, but also potential other operatives uh, in the run-up to the presidential campaign. Now, Suzanne, we, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti, has been claiming that this particular issue could could ultimately bring down the president. Is it as serious as that? Well, probably not quite. I mean, I think this is a very small fish in a, in a huge pond here. Um, if Trump is found to have broken campaign financing laws, this is, you know, complaints will be filed with the Federal Election Commission. It's going to be a separate investigation. Now, as I say, you know, it, it can also be part of the Mueller investigation and the Department of Justice can investigate this um, because he's, because the Mueller investigation is looking the whole one of the strands of the Mueller investigation is looking at how the Trump campaign was financed. Was there any influence uh, by Russia. So he's looking at this broader issue of how the campaign was financed. So obviously this is part of it. But I think in and of itself, no, this issue will not bring bring Donald Trump down. But I think the very fact the FBI are looking at the Stormy Daniels payment as part of this broader examination of Trump's relationship with Russia and, and potentially this whole issue of campaign interference and financing is very significant. Um, and I think this controversy has coincided, if you like, with you know connected developments here, we have reports that uh, Trump has been subpo- maybe subpoenaed to appear before the Robert uh, Mueller investigation. Um, so I think you know the, the Trump team are, are panicking now because we're looking. We think quite soon at a situation where the Mueller investigation will have to interview Trump at some point, um, and probably sometime soon. The Mueller investigation has been gone for more than a year now at this point, um, and there's been no interview with Donald Trump. Um, and I think this is where we are at the moment. Um, Giuliani has been hitting back over the weekend saying, look, you know, my my client uh, can, can assert the Fifth Amendment right not to speak, et cetera, et cetera. He's kind of suggested he might defy a subpoena. Um, but that's, that's the crux of the issue now. And Things like the Stormy Daniels payment shows how much, you know, the, the, the president could incriminate himself, that he could, you know, could lie under perjury, that he could, he could, you know, say one thing and, me, you know, then change the story again. And these are the kind of issues he would be questioned about in this interview. So I think the fact that it's coming at a time where this Mueller investigation is heating up is, is also significant. But I think it does show, it gives us a real indication of the depth and the width 
of the Mueller investigation at this point and the kind of issues it's looking into as part of an investigation into Russian interference in the election, which now we believe is looking at a wider issue of possible obstruction of justice by the president. And Suzanne, of course, it has been suggested that if he is subpoenaed to appear before Mueller, he could take the Fifth Amendment, which, um, you know, is, is something you do to avoid incriminating yourself. But politically, that would be very damaging for him, wouldn't it? Yes, of course. And Mr. Trump himself, uh, during a campaign rally just before the election, um, he said, oh, the mob takes the Fifth. And if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? He's, he's on record saying that. So it's very difficult to see how he's going to do that. Um, we also saw before Bill Clinton, we, we could have a situation like Bill Clinton who testified um, after he subpoenaed, he did do an interview, about a two and a half hour interview um, with the special counter during this Whitewater investigation around the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Um, so that's why Giuliani himself has said that if there is an interview, it'll probably be about two and a half, three hours with Trump. So I think there is a precedent there with the Bill Clinton um, matter. So I think it's more likely than not that we have to do uh, some kind of interview, even if the legal team try to limit that as much as possible. That's going to be their aim, limit the scope and the length of any interview that does take place with uh, Robert Mueller as part of this investigation. Okay, Suzanne, I think it's a safe bet we'll be discussing this topic again. Thanks for that today. Okay, thanks. Well, that's all for this week. For more on this and other stories, go to irishtimes.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. Here's people taking the Fifth Amendment. Like you see on the mob, right? You see the mob takes the Fifth If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment?